If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Dino Wars, destruction of Spondylus. Cybersaurus must be unleashed. The Dino Wars must begin. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Guys, is this the first instance of a Z replacing an S in our NES library? Uh, You know, the Z makes everything sound cooler. It's kind of surprising that we haven't seen that yet, but I guess it is a 90s thing. I feel like there's got to be more, but I I can't think of an example. Yeah, I'm... I'm going to say it. I'm going to say that this is the introduction to the hardcore Z. Oh, wait. This was the first time ever. We forgot about Super Mario Bros. 3 with the Z. Oh, yeah. yeah, the, you know, the, the Super Mario. Rom hack. Yeah, Super yeah. Mario. <laughs> Super Mario. You can't just put the Z anywhere over S. Yeah, anywhere there's an S. Yeah. And, um, guys, how cool are dinosaurs? I love dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs what about robot dinosaurs yeah robot dinosaurs on another planet i just think of like there was you know back before memes in their current form existed i remember there being a uh demotivational poster if you remember those from uh i'd say middle internet um and it was just a picture of uh of robots like in cybernetic armor and i and i was like that's the coolest thing ever. And look, there's a game. I do wonder, though, how cool are dinosaurs in 1990 because Jurassic Park hasn't come out yet. Like, are dinosaurs as cool as they will be in the future? Or did Jurassic Park, like, re-spark the, uh, the dinosaurs into the cultural zeitgeist? What about, like, Power Rangers? When did that... When did that start? Yeah, that's yeah, that's ninety one, I think ninety two, yeah. ninety ninety three. That this gave me very Power Ranger vibes. Yeah, well, Power Rangers also is a thing from, uh, you know, it was a Super Sentai in Japan, right. so it, it had been going on for much longer and earlier than um, Power Rangers. But yeah, I, I, I think about just dinosaurs in general when I was a kid were all the rage because of Jurassic Park, not necessarily because it was fun to learn about dinosaurs. No, no, no. Uh, Jur- Jurassic Park really did kick off the, you know, the pop culture being into dinosaurs phenomenon. I don't think it was really a thing before this, uh, but it still is now. So dinosaurs are cool, but how cool is war? Oh, just mm. as cool as Jurassic Park. 
Uh, I was wondering what movie came out that that sparked that was it like Saving Private Ryan, and suddenly everyone was like, "Oh, war!" Nobody was really into war uh, <laughs> until uh, Dunkirk came out. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I was actually going the same route as Joe with Saving Private Ryan. You know, like Apocalypse Now and the Thin Blue Line kind of did the uh, whole like war shouldn't be glorified thing. Before that, most war movies were like, look at these heroes. Like, this is amazing. War is amazing. We're the greatest country. Saving Private Ryan with that uh, opening D Day scene really makes you realize, like, wow, war is a very terrible experience and people die quickly and there's no remorse and it just happens. Uh, so I was going that route, but Sean, I uh, I like your fun answer of nobody cared about war until Christopher Nolan's <laughs> Dunkirk, a movie with well, very limited like 2017 war. or something. I yeah. mean, I'll also state that nobody being into dinosaurs before Jurassic Park isn't quite on the mark, but yeah. uh, it's it's definitely more true with the with the, the Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> well, what was that '90s movie about the destruction of Spondylus? Oh, that really sparked the hype. I think wasn't that a uh, wasn't that like Bridget Jones's diary? <laughs> right, right. The Land Before Time, the original one, came out in 1988. So technically, that is the probably the movie that kickstarted dinosaur like you know resurgence. Or maybe Land Before. Oh my God, you just said Land. Before. Or maybe uh uh. Was that what, what was that movie with the claymation dinosaur fight uh, from like the fifties? Was that Land of the Lost or something? Oh yeah, know. Land of the Lost. Yeah, we just we should stop like placing our bet on when <laughs> dinosaurs get popular because we keep immediately undermining it. I think they were just always cool. Did, yeah. Did King Kong fight a dinosaur also in the original? Like on the on his I island, think so, in Skull yes. Island? Yeah. I think so that nineteen thirty three really was like the establishing point for dinosaurs. <laughs> All right, all right, we're done. The point being, of course, that dinosaurs in war, dino wars, it's like I think they just thought of two really cool things, combined them, and then decided to completely not deliver on that premise. But before we get into the game itself, it's worth mentioning the plot, because if there is going to be a giant dinosaur war, you better have a pretty good explanation for why it's happening. And so, uh, you know, just rather than break it down, I'm just going to read the entire plot and then... Sean and Joe, as two guys that are currently playing through some, you know, some latest game of the year contenders in both Starfield and Boulder's Gate 3, maybe you talk about how this plot holds up. So here we go. Something was terribly wrong in the distant man-made Spondylus solar system. One by one, the planet's central life support computers had been infected with a life-threatening virus while the planet's surfaces had been overrun with giant computerized dinosaurs known as Robosaurs. Under attack in his laboratory on Alpha Planet, Professor Proteus, the mastermind of the Spondylus system and founder of the Robosaur project, suddenly realized that this deadly sabotage could only be the work of his former partner, the deranged Dr. Brainius. Years earlier, the doctor had fled Alpha Planet after Professor Proteus had exposed him for performing forbidden robotic experiments on... (gasps) human subjects. At last, he had returned to seek his revenge using the professor's own creations, but little did he realize that Proteus had been hard at work for the past few years perfecting the ultimate Robosaur, Cyberosaurus. There was only one hope to save the Spondylus system. And that's it? (laughs) That's it, and just to be fair, okay, you're saying that's it, but you wouldn't know any of that. You wouldn't have one 
clue about that if you just played the game. I didn't. Um, I'm, I also didn't. I'm kind because I didn't read the manual for for this playthrough. I but usually I will when I play a game and I just kind of get it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I don't need the manual for this. Um, but okay, here here's my big nitpick. We are now a level two civilization on the Kardashev scale. We have built a a solar system from scratch. So I guess maybe that's actually more the feat of a level three when you can kind of like take the energy of a whole galaxy because you know it takes a lot of it takes a lot of stuff to build an entire solar system. I assumed what they meant by that must have been like maybe it was mistranslated and it meant like man settled, you know, like man conquered solar system. I suppose. But if if it's actually literally man made, then that is then that I mean that's impressive. You know, re- regardless of that, regardless of that, why if we if we have the capability to play god to this to this sense, why is there a uh, ro uh, what would you call it a a robo Robo-sor? Robo Dino Robo oh the Robosaur program. What is the Robosaur program for? <laughs> is that is it just like an entertainment system? Like is it a uh 30th century Chuck E. Cheese? It reminds me of that uh Rick and Morty episode where the like wooden Jerry lives forever and then they do Christianity again and it's like <laughs> dinosaurs again? Like we built our own solar system and it's like, well we have to start from the beginning. <laughs> Uh, I just don't buy it. Just don't buy it. Well, I'll say that I, I, you know, obviously this is very, very campy, ridiculous and silly story, but I was actually surprised that it's like as robust as it is. When you first <laughs> kind of like teed it up, I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be the stupidest story. We've had a lot of stupider stories on this. And I'm just like, wow, for, for the campiness of this game, the campiness of that story, uh, matches. And I'm like, wow, they actually like, they fleshed it out a lot more than I would expect them to. But there is a problem, though, right? That, like, we haven't even talked about the game yet, but you, you, we've all played the game. Hopefully some of our listeners have also played the game. The plot would be shocking to anybody because there's just no semblance of it in the game at all. There's no, there's no explanation in-game for why this man is jumping into this giant robosaur and fighting other dinosaurs, but you could come up with your own story. And I think what I'm getting at is that it would probably be just as cool as the story they wrote in the manual. No, yeah, I don't think this game... I mean, yeah, you've just created a game where you get to play as some semblance of a T-Rex, and they're also they're also robotic and they have guns. Like, you don't need a story for that. You don't need a... Uh, a lore bible all you need to have is that kind of thing going on but I guess the question is did they give you the feeling that you were doing that thing yeah I think with like most games like this it's like that we've been playing most of the games that are like platformers and stuff like that don't need the story at all it's just like it's a nice touch when they have a story but um yeah, I think I don't know if we want to get into the gameplay, like if it delivered on like on what it was trying to do. Just one one more quick thought on the plot is that it reminds me a lot of Mega Man. You know, like you replace Robosaurs with Mega Men and uh, Doctor Wily and Doctor Light instead of Doctor Proteus and Doctor Brainius. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that plus some of some of the gameplay kind of feels that way too. 
So let's get into the gameplay then. Uh, the way it works is it is a platforming game with, uh, you know, some good action built into it. You play first as Professor Proteus and go through his level uh, of, of the stage, his part of the stage, I should say. It's one complete level. And when you get to um, the end of his level, you then jump into the Cyberosaurus and play through its part of the stage. So we'll break these down by just starting with Professor Proteus because he goes first. Um, what did you guys think of uh, being Professor Proteus? We just said that this kind of is inspired by Mega Man in some regards. Is it fun to control Professor Proteus like it is Mega Man? Oh, not at all. Um, okay, so the way that it kind of feels like the OG Mega Men, um, like you go from screen to screen, uh, and there's it, it, it's sort of a puzzle like uh, not puzzle, but there it's an arranged stage where there's however many enemies in places that sort of like act like choke points and you gotta shoot them and but everything's just all wrong everything feels all wrong your jump feels all wrong the clipping uh like it uh just like uh surface detection or like collision detection doesn't seem to work that well um and it sort of just stops you get to what would I guess can you consider to be? So you're shooting around, you're shooting these little floating things that kind of don't look like anything. I was having trouble trying to place what I was shooting, aside from like floating drone. Um, and you're you're sort of fighting your way to a like a core, uh, like a a cyber core. And I'm assuming these are the things that you gotta blow up to stop the infection and freeze Bondylus. Uh, and then you blow up the core and then nothing happens. And I'm like, what's going on? Uh, do I have to walk into the core? Do I have to jump onto the core? But no, apparently this is one of those games where you then backtrack out of the, uh, the internal area, um, with now no enemies and there really being no challenge or reason to backtrack. And then you jump into your giant Megazord. Uh, to move on to the next uh, gameplay portion, but uh, yeah, that that was my take on on Mr. Brainiac's time. Uh, uh, Professor time. Proteus, Mr. Brainiac's yeah. the bad guy. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much agree with everything there. The first thing that stands out to me immediately is like the 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 bad momentum in this game uh, is very noticeable because it's a platformer, and uh, you. I, I will say that I got the hang of it eventually, and it and it became less of a less of a noticeable problem because I was just used to it. But it's like we've had games where like there's there's no momentum, and we've had games where there's too much momentum, and this does like this weird, just as bad middle ground where it's like there's, I guess there actually still is no momentum, but <laughs> but I feel like I'm going too fast when I'm jumping, like. So it's like weird if I jump without like moving forward it's like you can just jump and stop on a dime but the f moving forward like it just moves in a way where like I feel like I miss a lot of platforms because it just feels so different than other games I've played. Again, you get used to it. So so like that is not the worst, but then the collision detection you were talking about, you you mentioned no challenge um on on the way back every time and I don't think there is any challenge that was intended or designed to be there but the amount of times that i try to jump across these like three floating platforms that should be very easy to jump on That's and i true. clearly land on it and then i just fall through because like 
you need to be like at least a foot above it to land on it. And, you know, it's like it's like I saw my character land on it, but, you know, I fall through it. Like so there's like some unintentional challenge there. Um, but honestly, like otherwise, like it's a it's a it's not good. But like I, I, I didn't find myself frustrated with much else after that. It was just boring. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's frustrating. I think the issue actually with the Professor Proteus stages is that forget about how bad the jump is. And it is one of those things where it's like maybe it's trying to do gravity or maybe like the weight of the jump is just not what we're expecting. But it it does let you have a range of like how hard you hold down the jump. So in some ways, it could have opened up some creative possibilities with the jump. Instead, the real issue is, is that even if the jump was good, the levels themselves are just really boring. He has, by default, a, a spread weapon that shoots in three different directions that does most coverage of the, uh, of the stage that you're, you know, the portion of the stage that you're in. The enemies are really sparse and just kind of float around. They're not intelligent at all. They, they don't, like, they don't aim necessarily at Professor Proteus. They just kind of exist uh, in the level. And then the actual, like, platforming thing is, like, yeah, it sucks that you can just clip through things because I've never seen that before, right? Usually platforms have some kind of um, weight or matter to them so that, like, you would just not knock bounce into off, them. Yeah, it. bounce yeah. off, right? But then say you're not in a pitfall one, like a pitfall will kill you, but say you're just like, oops, now I land in the spikes. Even the spikes are just kind of inconsequential to the amount of energy that the game is giving you. Yeah, you have so much health. And the... the, the the amount of health they give you, in addition to uh, how many just safe zones or like dead zones are on these screens, like you can you can end up in that like sort of mini boss area shooting the core, and you could pick any number of spots to just sit and shoot and not really engage with anything aside from mashing a button until the thing dies, and there, there really isn't much challenge to it. The only the the greatest threat to you in the in this mode is the pitfalls. Yeah, and I just can't shake off the feeling of uh, when I was playing through the game, and you start with Professor Proteus too, so it's not the warmest introduction of like being on Newgrounds.com in the early two thousands and just playing like anybody's game, like something that like f people made in in minutes or maybe hours. I don't want to underestimate these people because they were just playing around in flash but it really does have that feel to it of just like yeah well every game has enemies and every game has platforms and what if we just had our guy jump onto platforms and shoot at enemies and it's like sure but are you gonna do something with that like i'm waiting for the professor proteus stages to do something with the elements they laid down but there's not even anything uh, unique or uh, interesting happening there. Like Sean mentioned, after you shoot the core, all right, uh, a, uh, a concept stolen from shmups, you then just backtrack through an empty level. It's like, why bother? There was, there was this thought that occurred to me while I was playing the game. Um, and I don't know if it has any actual meaning to it, but this seems to be a game that that's, that's very obsessed with routine um because in this in this mode you will go you'll shoot you shoot the core and then you have to walk back to get back to your uh to your, to your zord um and then jump into it uh through that empty level so if if there isn't any if there isn't anything engaging happening then just the act of going back is important to the developers here and then 
this is, we haven't really talked about this part yet, but in the uh, dinosaur segments, you will fight like a boss boss, and then they will drop a key for a door that is right in front of you. Um, that, you know, in any other sense, you could have just had it be you beat the boss and then you move forward to the next level. There's no reason to pick up a key and then walk to a door that is a couple steps away. So that must mean something to them too. Like, what does all of this mean? Did you get that? Like, what? Why? Like, how pointless some of these things that you do are. Yeah, like I, I guess you know what you just mentioned about the key wouldn't be an issue, but it does feel like what Mike said that the new grounds thing. It's like they had these ideas, but they just didn't really implement them. And like, I, I was just gonna say that 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 new ground statement is like a statement that I have searched for so many times on this podcast. <laughs> like, I've had that exact feeling, but didn't really remember the site I was thinking of. And it's like, a template for a game. Yeah, yeah, like that is there's been we've had so many games that have felt like that, and that's like a that's like a great description of like what this feels like. It's like, yeah, they have all the elements and they put them together in a way that you can technically play the game. Well, before you become or jump into your Cyberosaurus, there is an amazing, uh, a non-animated cutscene of the Cyberosaurus uh, that is very detailed and has some amazing sprite work. But before you even jump into it and have the uh, the nice little uh, detailed sprite there, there's like a size uh, that you can appreciate of the Cybersaurus next to Professor Proteus. When you get back to the beginning of the level after traversing through the empty parts, you see your Cybersaurus there, and it's significantly bigger than Professor Proteus. We're like seeing just a portion of the head, and then we are greeted with this awesome cutscene. Uh, and I keep saying cutscene, but it's really just still pixel art of the cybersaurus but it's like nicely shadowed and everything yeah. like i it really appreciate it yeah paints a good picture then you play as cybersaurus and you're what a disappointment you're exactly <laughs> you're going from this huge mech to exactly the same size as professor proteus in his parts of the stages so everything is just shrunken down in scale again to the other dino bots where like they it's fine they could have been just as big too i would have i would have wouldn't have minded but now the you know, the Cybersaurus, it doesn't feel like a kaiju battle. Most of the enemies aren't that smart anyway, so they're doing, like, they're just running into you or whatever. Like, they they don't have a, a big plan or objective. And also, while we're talking about, like, the size of things, if you just think of the backgrounds, like, how many planets are in this man-made solar system? There are so many moons in the background <laughs> of some of these stages. And they're massive moons. They're not it's like... It's leftover material from the construction site. I, I have to imagine so, Sean, because it's like, they're not even like, oh, like little stars in the different distance, because they give you those. They have like some white pixels in the background to be the stars, but then they have giant moons too, and it's like, how many? And they're so close to each other. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like that. Because I, honestly, a lot about this game aesthetically is awesome, really. Other than like the that weird like yeah the, the dinosaur doesn't feel big when you're actually playing as him but like yeah it's like it's like what you would think is it's like what exactly what you know a, a nine year old playing the NES would find awesome aesthetically you know you're on another an alien world in a robot dinosaur and you're this like dude in like a I don't know in like a space suit with a with a phaser gun like it all looks really cool but it's just implementation i i agree with that uh, the concepts definitely on paper are what kids want 
The Cybersaurus does have uh, different weapons, though, which makes him better than Professor Proteus and not just playing with a with another spread gun, which would kind of stink. So instead, you have uh, the Launch Fist, where uh, his fist shoots out and hits other enemies, which, uh, you know, I probably had the most fun with that because that felt kind of um, Mecha godzilla e. But, you know, but there is one problem with that, and that is that it has to make like a full square before it comes back to you. And so you're kind of just not doing anything while it's out there in the ether. But uh, there's the launch fist, the fireballs, which are just a projectile thing. The laser beam, um, which I guess is actually pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. And it it goes through multiple enemies. That's good. And uh, the bomb, uh, which is the one that I didn't even bother with. Yeah. 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 So uh, you have those and then you build upon them. So it works on the same kind of shmup system where collect the launch fist and then the launch fist again to bring it up to launch fist two but if you're on launch fist two and you collect fireballs now you're on fireballs one yeah you're gonna spend a lot of time in this game avoiding pickups and honestly like i ended up avoiding just most pickups at all because i just decided as much as i thought that the launch fist was cool and it when it was neat that like i'd have to think like oh i want to to attack this thing when it's closer to me so it won't take that long for the fist to get back to me like there's a strategy level to it but also you can just not do that use the laser or the fireball and there's no need to ever use the launch fist (laughs) and it's just easier and better in in every way so like that is kind of annoying but also like on paper what what we're describing sounds like oh wow there are a lot of things there are these four different things and they each have three different tiers of levels of power and and i guess that is true, but like just somehow it never feels like, wow, I'm getting so powerful, like like in some shmups we've had. Like that that's the kind of thing that you read on the back of a box of like a C tier game. Like over ten different weapon modes. And it's like, oh, there's twelve. So yeah, it's over ten. And it's just the four tiers plus sorry, the the four types of weapons. Plus the three tiers, times the t- three tiers. Like it, it, it feels very much like what we were served here. <laughs> Sean, thinking about essential game Terra Cresta, uh, what's what makes that one of our essential games is that as you're building up to the ultimate final form of your ship, the Phoenix, which is just as we talked on the podcast, just so cool and invincible. Along the way, though, you are progressing and feeling great about the power-ups that you're gaining on the road to the final form. On this one, I don't know if just, like, saying, like, okay, cool, now he shoots two fireballs at a time. Like, I don't think that's enough. It makes me feel like I should have just started with fireballs three. I feel like a lot of this stems from that that scale problem. The fact that you're this giant mech mech godzilla sort of thing and yet you're still the size of a normal sprite from a side scroller um it kind of removes a lot of the uh the potential for spectacle um that you can do with i mean and i'm not saying that that's an excuse because there there are plenty of games that use this like sort of default height that still look great and and give you a feeling of power but if that's the whole idea is scale this is not really the way you're gonna do it. Like and, and so the 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 powers that you get, if they're still trying to give him some kind of feeling of scale, they're going to give him the sort of sludgy movement that he has. 
you're going to have to have better power-ups and they just didn't do that. And and to be to be honest to me when I played this what it felt like was when you play as whatever his name is professor whatever Proteus Proteus he, it felt like they made they made the dinosaur level first and then they were like all right let's go make Proteus but we got to make him weaker than the dinosaur level rather than making Proteus and be like oh now let's make something that feels more powerful because the dinosaur doesn't feel that powerful the manual makes you think that because they include the dinosaur mode first so joe you might be on to something about that because it just felt like instead of it being like, wow, you're this badass guy and then you get into this super powerful thing, it's like, oh, you're this mediocre dinosaur thing. And then you, when you get out, you're like, really lame. <laughs> <laughs> there was one neat world building thing, if I can say that, in a platformer NES game that feels like a Newgrounds game. And that is the, um, the extra power-up or... Um, uh, accessory that you have in in the Cybersaurus weapon that is the satellite defense system. Oh, is that is, what that is? Yes, and it's on the screen with you if you have it, so you can see the satellite in the sky, uh, which is a good cue to know that you still have one left. And it destroys all enemies on screen one time for you until you collect another satellite defense system. Did I have to press select for that? Yeah, I think it was either select or... Yeah, it had to be select. Sorry, yeah, it's it's select. <laughs> okay. And what's cool about that is, like, you know, again, like, they're saying that we've taken over the solar system or whatever or built it from scratch, you decide. And <laughs> so we have these satellite defense systems all around and you're collecting them and using them with the Cybersaurus. It feels more... Um, feels like more baked-in idea to the overall plot than anything else I experienced. Like, they didn't explain why the Cybersaurus has launch fists. Or, or why, again, or why they exist at all. Well, we can just do whatever we want. But you're right, that is actually a pretty cool little uh, integration there that you don't see very often. It doesn't look right, <laughs> especially if you're like me and you were kind of wondering what it was. Uh, just this thing that's hovering over you at all times, you kind of think it's an extension of the UI. You know, like, why is it so low? Um, but now I get it. Thanks, Mike. And so if anything we talked about wasn't entirely too interesting, or maybe it was interesting, and you're like, oh, sign me up for being a giant dinosaur that then gets small, or sign me up for uh, Flash-like stages, uh, know that this is what you do over and over again with uh, very subtle differences. And by subtle, I mean absolutely subtle like the enemies are the enemies throughout and the stages look the same throughout so you just do this a certain number of times yeah you get a different color background sometimes it looks more icy sometimes it looks more jungly um but the but it's the same enemies and they're just different colors yeah i feel i felt like even you you even even those aesthetic differences didn't start to be significant until like the last two levels anyways Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, there were, but, like, I barely noticed what the difference was. I guess the jungle was earlier. Unless I missed something, there's no fight against uh, Brainiac or Brainius, whatever his name was. Um, it just Polybius. ends, it just ends when you get to 
the last stage. Like you, you finally shut off the last of the artificial com- intelligence computers, and that's it. Virus stopped. No boss fight. <laughs> You're just going to reset like the computer. That's like the yeah. goal of the game. It's you like... turn it off and on again. <laughs> Uh, it's not artificial intelligence computer. It's artificial intelligence compound. I guess I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay as close to the lore as possible. You're right. You're right. I thank you for that, though. On the sequels and spinoff side, there are none. Uh, but this was published by Bandai, and uh, you know, Bandai obviously now has Power Rangers. I don't think they always did, but uh, they have Power Rangers now, and. I think Bandai are uh, a group of people that know dinosaurs, so kind of weird that they <laughs> missed so hard here with Cybersaurus. Well, actually, no. Now, so I was thinking this wasn't a great game, but uh, I actually now I, I'm looking at the very end, and uh, it, it do, the game does tell you that it's a great game. <laughs> it says, congratulations, you've fin- finished another great game from Bandai. So huh. I guess we were wrong. I didn't catch the from Bandai at first, and I just thought it was like you finished another great game, and it's just like, <laughs> yep, we're just another game in your uh, yeah. collection, but <laughs> another great game from Bandai, um, and I, you know, I could do a quick search here, but other great games from Bandai include uh, Dig Dug 2, Trouble in Paradise, Street Cop, um, Shooting Range. Monster Party. Okay, I mean, Monster Party was great. Let's let's not get ourselves. So there we go. It only took four <laughs> tries, but we got to an absolutely great game in Monster wow, Party. I missed Monster Party. Get on it. It is weird. I got I to replay my backlog. Uh, that, play my backlog. Well, we, I mean, we definitely just said that, that that's how it ends, but it, it is kind of hard to describe how anticlimactic it is. Like You just think it, that you're leaving another one of those posts, and then the game ends. It would only be anticlimactic, though, if if there was any kind of building to a climax. Yeah. On. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like you've worked to anything. You just have done the same thing six or seven times. And that's that's kind of why I probably didn't even sniff. Oh no, I was actually pretty far because I got to stage five, and I thought maybe after stage four, that would be the last opportunity that the game had to to change up literally anything. Um, and then when stage five kind of worked the same as the the other ones i thought like you know what i'm kind of over this game <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gets good after like 12 hours yeah <laughs> well whether we're over this game or over this episode there is one more thing we have to do and that is vote for it on the essential games list if my comment about new grounds uh didn't say enough i guess i'm really not disappointed in Dino Wars destruction of Spondylus for not delivering on its awesome title, but not delivering on even the kind of things that the game could have done as both a Mega Man and Dinosaur combat game. It doesn't deliver really on either um either service because the Professor Proteus stages are incredibly dull and easy, and the Cybersaurus stages, not that they're harder but they are just kind of tedious with the other dinosaurs that you fight off against. Like, that should have been something that we spent a majority of the time of this podcast on, talking how much fun it is to fight other robo-dinosaurs. That could have just been, like, some rock'em sock'em robot-style stages or something. Like, I'm not sure what I'm envisioning, but it certainly wasn't what we actually got. And I think even by the time I got through the first of the Cybersaurus stages... I had my mind made up already about this game. And so that tells me enough to tell you that it's not essential. Sean? Yes, I've already said 
pretty damning things, so it's not essential. Joe? Yeah, uh, I'll say that the pixel art in this game deserves to be in a better game. Um, and I'll also say, I didn't, I wouldn't say my time playing this game during the game, like, I wasn't having a terrible time, I just also wasn't, like, having much fun. <laughs> like, it was it's not like some of these games were like, wow, this is, like, it's a very beatable game, and it's like, wow, this, it was fun, like, for a couple minutes, it was fun for, like, the first level or two until I realized nothing was changing. But yeah, this is, this is not a good, it's, it's not a great game. Uh, it doesn't, like, it doesn't deliver on, on what's promised, and I feel like, you know, we've pretty much said it all, so definitely not essential. And that's three no's, so it's not on the Essential Games list. But fear not, dinosaurs will have another day on uh, the Essential Games list and on Nostalgia. Uh, but I, I'm sure there are tons of dinosaur or dinosaurs in video games. But the next example I can think of is a little game called Color a Dinosaur. And so Hell maybe that one yeah. will wind up on the Essential Games list. Let's because, go. I mean, how do you screw up coloring in a dinosaur? It's definitely going to achieve its objective. You got well, it's hard greens. to know what color dinosaur was. You got those browns. You know, Joe, that's a great point because I was thinking about that with the Jurassic Park thing. <laughs> that like there, there was a resurgence in dinosaurs in the in the nineties for sure, and then like now we're starting to talk about dinosaurs having feathers. Yeah, always they gave out. Yeah, they always had them or whatever, and it's like who knows? Maybe. Dinosaurs were always robots, too. Maybe dinosaurs were always cybersources, and we just haven't found the technology. Like, we found their bones, but we haven't found their technology. 